Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your presence. Spirit of God, I thank you for taking control over this hour. Lord, we thank you that you are always watching over us and your ears are attentive to the cry of your children. Now, when we come to you to hear your word, Give us attentive ears to hear your word. Let your word come to us as you want us to be and does its purpose in every one of our life. When your children have come with expectant heart, fulfill the desire of your children. Spirit of God, meet every need of your children today. Let them rejoicingly glorify your name. Let your word bring conviction, corrections, edification, and encouragements, and blessings to one another. In Jesus' precious name, we offer this prayer. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Once again, it's my privilege to share God's word in this month. And as I am blessed, I also believe that this will bring us a blessings too. But this message is not your very theological message. It's a simple message, easy to understand. And it is taken from Psalm 37. And uh, I read verses 1 to 7. Psalm 37, verses 1 to 7. I read it from NKJV version. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither in the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness and the light, and your justice as the noonday. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. I titled this message as Trusting God in Troubled Times. Trusting God in Troubled Times. In this song, or overall, there are several songs and many proverbs divide all the humanity 
into two groups major one is the righteous and other is the wicked indeed in psalms and proverbs and i think in the entire bible righteousness is the matter of relationship once again the righteousness means to relationship righteous people are not always perfect you may surprise it righteous people are simply people who relate rightly to god likewise the wicked people do not relate rightly to god but the righteous relate rightly to god because the righteous recognize god as god otherwise when you put into believers and unbelievers those who know god those who do not know god those who do not know god they relate everything their life with the world but the children of god for everything whatever happens to them they relate everything with god and to god so in this way we differ in this was this is how there are two categories major believer and unbeliever known god uh, the christians or non christians or a wicked or the righteous whatever it is anyhow the righteous relate rightly to god by seeking to know god and to obey god relating is not something easy and it is when we relate anything happened in our life in your personal life in your family life in your working place in the secular world always whatever happens it will be relating to god means obeying god but the wicked the worldly people reject god and the god's way they don't follow they do not know even if they know they know they are not known the true god so the wicked reject god because the wicked wants to be their own gods and the wicked reject god's ways because the wicked wants to do the things on their own way not on the way and and on the way of the world not on god so among other things some 37 recognizes the frustrating reality that the wicked often prosper and the righteous often suffer this is the problem that started with the first word that the swami says he had a very very all the experience in his life he has gone through so with his experience he is telling so this seems unfair to them that means to people those who are looking at the unrighteous are the wicked are flourishing and the and the godly people the christians are not having um, suffer they are suffering going through the difficulties in their life so he put it in this way so the righteous try to live godly way the wicked reject god and live their own way and yet the wicked often seems to be have better better life 
than the righteous person. So the first seven words gives us five steps for knowing God and experiencing supernatural peace even in a very critical or desperate situation as all of us are knowing. So the supernatural peace that God offers can be, can we help us to cope up the current, the economic or the pandemic crisis. As we have prayed from the beginning, we are all knowing what not the not only the I say uh, Christian, everyone in the world going through the difficult situation, the Christ facing the crisis. So Christians should be courageous then to fear. Either way, Christians have nothing to fear because our God is in control of us, and His plans are always perfect. And let us go to the point what God wants us to teach us. Verse 1, 1 and 2. In New King James, sorry, NLT version, it says, don't, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like a grass, they soon fade away, like a spring flowers, they soon wither. So the New Kingdom's version says, do not fret because of the evildoers, nor be envious about the workers of the iniquity. Now, not we, or not our family, or our country. As I said, most of the countries in the world facing the second wave of coronavirus, India is the number one in the pandemic crisis and they do not know what to do. And you have heard on daily, on daily news. And now, no one knows what to do and what is our stand and our belief in this situation. No assurance for our safety. Our dear ones are becoming sick. Some are losing our dear ones. But as the country, or about our country, it is unexplainable. Just imagine in this situation what we will do. And it is not only as the Swami says that the, the wicked is prospering, but think about it. it is not a, it, there is no difference. Those who know God, those who do not know God, those who fear God, and there are many servants, the missionaries, and the pastors, they are all giving their life, losing their life on this earth. And this is really, we are in crisis. Even the superpower country is also suffering. Different powers of the country, or authority, or higher position, or not the possession, save the people from the coronavirus. It may go on and on without the end to explain. But one thing is sure, 
that it is the fulfillment of Lord's coming or His promises. What He has said in the last days will happen. As we know, Luke 21, 11, it says, Jesus said that one of the signs is the pestilences. Now I am sure that you all will agree with me to Psalm 37, 1 and 2. David knew that it is hard to avoid fretting. That is probably why the words don't fret. And are recorded three times. This word recorded three times in this passage. David, Paul and Jesus, each one commanded or increased, do not fret or do not worry. Fretting or worrying is a sin. And it is sin because God commanded us not to do it. How many times it is mentioned, do not worry, do not worry. But still we are worrying means it is something disobedient. So, do not worrying is a choice. We cannot control what the thoughts enter into our mind. But we can control which thoughts we dwell in us. Isaiah 40 verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the promise. John 14, 1, Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, if I say that most of us are in the same situation, some may agree and some may not agree. Let me put it in this way. In regard to take COVID vaccine, just for an example, how many of us are not having a fear or doubts and convinced about it. Just, you know about yourself. Just about taking a, those who are in well, in good health and they stand with the grace of God. If there is a, there is a, a legal advice or a order come from the Supreme Committee, everyone has to take. So what will be our situation? How many of us will agree? How many of us will disagree? So in this way, this is just one of the examples. So if we will have a fear. We will have a doubt. We may have a, just a discussing to come to someone has to support you, what you believe in. That is what our situation. We may not independently or individually able to take a decision to follow. And we may, we need someone to confirm us. No one or most of us know straight away go and trust in God according to the word and promises and go ahead with us. So that is why I, I, I take an, I just am mentioning it to you as an example to understand 
the fear, the doubts, the worries, and discouragements are common to everyone. How many of us lost our friends, our relatives? In this one, <clears throat> one and a half years, how many things we have heard? So what guarantee we have for our life? We are living in an uncertain world. Nothing is certain in this world. So in this way, our only hope, our confidence is that according to the word, it is only our car. So the first thing is we learn, don't worry. The rest of the things are what to do. If you say don't worry, the first point and second thing is we have to do. What to do? Verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness. Second thing is, the lesson in this portion is, trust in the Lord and do good. The best weapon against worry is trusting God. When we trust that God loves us, when we trust that God works for our good in all things, even in the hurtful things, when we trust in God's person, his plan, and his power, and his love, then we really have nothing to worry about. If we have trust in him, and his plan and purpose is concerning us, you need not worry about it at all. These two steps are inseparable. What is that? Neither can exist without the other. Faith and trust are the works. Faith and trust are your lifestyle and they involve action. What is that action? It is not stop, just trust the Lord. The scripture says, what is the action here? Real faith always includes obedience. And the obedience includes doing good. Do, doing good things of God. And doing good, that is obeying his commands. That's why trusting God and doing good cannot be separated. There are further reasons for why we trust God. And I will just give you the the scriptures. Trust God for our salvation. I will make sure about our salvation. If your salvation is true and, and uh, uh, genuine, you may not. So let us trust on our salvation. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of the very thing that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is from NLT. NLT is saying, being confident of this very thing, of your salvation, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it 
until the day of Jesus Christ. Trust God for his mercy. Psalm 32 verse 10 says, We are surrounded by the Lord's unfailing love with we trust him. Trusting implies not knowing all the answers. We may have questions. But the proverb 3 5 says, It is a call to rely on God completely. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. If it is off of your heart, it is a shaken position. So, trusting implies not knowing in all answers. Strength comes from trusting God. Isaiah 26 verse 4 urges us to trust God forever because he is the rock eternal. All your needs are provided for in trusting him. It is promised in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, a, a very, very popular word, as we all claim. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So we have various reasons and purposes for us to trust God. It is not, it is not everything. Just a few examples. I have mentioned it today. Thirdly, it is not only do not worry and trust God. Verse 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. The commandments and the, condi the condition and the blessings are together. So delight yourself in the Lord is the third thing we should learn and follow in this situation, in this crisis. What it says, you will take delight in the Lord and he will answer your prayers. Give the other, other version. Give the desires of your heart. So every one of us wanted to <coughs> wanted to be answered, expecting our needs to be met. But here, what is the what is the condition? Delight yourself in the Lord. So delighting ourselves in the Lord means trading our worries for faith. Give your worries by your faith. Anxieties for hope. Trading anxieties for hope. And the discouragement for contentment. If we truly find a satisfaction and worth in Jesus, the Bible says, he will give us the longings of our hearts, the desires of our heart. What do you delight in? 
what is your greatest source of pleasure delight means taking a pleasure or giving a joy or satisfaction to our car i strongly believe that knowing or loving god should be our highest joy and a delight in our life knowing god and loving god is it should be the highest position for our satisfaction or delighting in the lord and if we do not know god and we do we may not love god it is only because we have not spending enough time in developing our relationship with god that means knowing god or heard about god is not enough at all knowing god is the foundation knowing god is the fundamental but on knowing god we should develop our relationship on daily basis by spending quality time with the lord in that way you can show how you love god how you delight in his presence so speaking his own experiences plus the inspiration of the holy spirit david says that when we delight in god god gives us the desires of our heart this is a blank like a blank check with one condition attached it is more like when we are abiding in christ when we delight in god then the desires of our hearts will be in line with the god's will god can safely give us the desires of our heart the apostle paul stated that he had lived both in need and with plenty he knew what is what it was to be well fed and to be hungry and he had learned how to be content in both circumstances his secret to contentment was a deep abiding trust that god loves him keeps his promises and provides for all his needs that we see in philippians chapter 4 verses 11 to 13 Philippians chapter four verses eleven to thirteen. We can delight in the Lord even when that brings temporary suffering or disappointment. When you are having any suffering or disappointment, we believe that they are temporary. So though the more we come to know God. through studying his word and the more we trust him to supply our needs and find contentment in our goodness so there are many more reasons for us to delight in god 
the scripture says, in keeping with Proverbs 5.18, delight means to enjoy the loving relationship of an husband and a wife in a family. How much? Some of the exceptional case may be there. I'm not for that. But the purpose of the relationship, good relationship is compared in the family between husband and wife. And uh, secondly, the Psalm 30, I am not going to detail about it to, to explain it should not hurt you. Psalm 34 verse 8. The Bible calls us to treasure God for who he is and feast on his presence. Psalm 37.23 says, The Bible urges us to desire God's will, enjoy his word and his presence because they guard our steps. The word of God guard our steps. Isaiah 55 verse 9 we read, the Bible calls us to see life's situation from the Lord's perspective. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, This kind of relationship is not spontaneous. It does not happen overnight. It must be cultivated. We have to work for it. That's what the scripture says. So it is not easy. It will not open or happen overnight. So it takes time. It is not in hour or month or years. And it goes on to our lifetime. So the fourth step, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Delighting. Next, it is committing our ways. Trusting God. Delight in God, commit our ways to the Lord, and he shall bring it to pass. Nothing comes without any commitment and effort. Nothing. Think of David and his life. As he struggled with the challenges and he faced, and he kept going on and on, and not perfect, but with a faith that took him through the hard times and even the challenges of the good times. There is no other example better than David, except I, uh, I excluding uh, Job. So David is the one who has gone through many, many or varieties of ex in the, uh, the, the experiences in his life. And I don't think that uh, none of us will have had that kind of experience. But from his experience, he says, commit your ways to the Lord. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, commit your works to the Lord. And your thoughts will be established. It means more than we may think commitment is important. Deep, satisfying relationship 
like a marriage, friendship, discipleship requires commitments. There is nothing without commitment. So, commit our ways to the Lord. The Apostle Peter probably had Psalm 37 verse 5 on his mind when he wrote, Cause all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. First Peter 5 7. We read like this. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Casting our cares on God means rolling our burdens onto the Lord. That is, that's what the David means it here. When he tells us to commit our ways to the Lord. Committing our way to the Lord includes going to God in prayer, taking our problems to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, under the cross, and leaving our problems there with God. As time and again we hear, and most of us mention that, most of the people, when they come to the Lord with a burden, they pray and they leave the burden at the altar, but they keep when they are coming back, they pick up them and come. Again, they will be worrying. We teach again and again as we pray, then you start thanking God for what God will answer to you by your faith. That shows your confession of your faith and you are confident in God. And when God sees that and hears that and seeing your action and your attitude, definitely he will reward you and he will answer you. He will fulfill your desires. So most of us, we have failed to follow the biblical principle. Whatever you, whatever time we hear, we're just hearing and hearing, but following is not that much. Because of the pressure, because of the circumstances, please, brethren, never ever allow the circumstances to overcome you. You are the overcomer. You overcome the world and every situation by the word of the word of God and by God. So committing our way to the Lord includes going to God in prayer. And most of us, we are not at all following. Praying is okay. Some of us don't, not even pray. But when we are praying, just follow the biblical principle of thanking God for his answer. Committing our way to the Lord includes seeking God's presence. Seeking our sensing his presence. That's why every every worships and whenever we come to prayer or whenever we gather together always I used I like to encourage you Sense the presence of God. Our prayer is always 
sensing the presence of God. How many of us? Just ask this question. How many of us? Every, every time when we come to the Lord in prayer, sensing his presence. Some of us, we may not have that experience. We may, according to the time, without fail, we go to the Lord and make it as, a, as if we are reading from the list what you wanted and as an automated prayer and we pray and we return. Do not, first of all, do not sense the presence of God during the prayer and also we don't take time to wait to receive an answer or to hear from God. When you are praying, indeed, God himself will speak to us through his words, through his promises from the word and also through the songs the spirit of God will inspire and in your heart, and we have, we should have that attitude or experience in our day-to-day -day life. That's what I mean it here. Trusting God or is, sorry, and uh, commit your ways is sensing the presence of God, placing your problems in God's hand. So some of us, we may not just imagine, some of us, we may not wait, and we don't have time to wait, to sense God and presented that need or a request or a, that uh, into his hand, just you drop it and go. That is not trusting God. Anyhow, and uh, the word of God comes to us in this situation is, do not worry, trust in God, delight in God and commit your ways. Finally, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Followed by that. Verse 7. What the verse 7 says? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And other words, other version says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Here it says, the rest in the Lord. Be still before the Lord. Matthew chapter 11, 28, 29, we all of us know. What it says, Jesus said, come to me, all of you, who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Where will be the rest? Only at his presence. It is he who offers rest. So we have to seek him. So he says further, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. And you will find rest for your souls. Here the Bible says, rest in the Lord. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. This is direct speech word from our Lord Jesus Christ. So, where, how do we escape from this? We are forced to. We are coming.
we are called to be still or rest in the lord even as i said in the verse 7 he said be still in the presence of the lord for that the verse 12 i have taken a reference from the old testament as all of you know exodus chapter 14 10 to 14 as pharaoh upon approached the people of israel looked up and panicked or they are afraid when they saw the egyptian overtaking them they cried out to the lord at least they cried out to the lord and they said to moses why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness weren't there enough graves for us in egypt what have you done to us why did you make us live egypt didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in egypt we said leave us alone let us be slaves to the egyptians it's better to be slaves in egypt than corpses in the wilderness this is what happening in india now and it is same as that but what moses said to the people verse 13 don't be afraid just stand still and watch the lord rescue you today don't be afraid just stand still and watch the lord rescue you today this should be our hope this should be our faith so your father says the egyptian you see today will never be seen again verse 14 the lord himself will fight for you just stay calm hold on your peace so let us believe this word what is imagine whatever the situation you are going through or facing you or your family or our nation or where we are but the word of god comes to us do not afraid just stand still watch the lord rescue you today and the lord himself will fight for you now the leaders and the rulers of the nations are trying from their own power and their authority but the word of god will encourage us unless the lord delivers us no one can deliver us from this pandemic it is only the lord god the living who knows everything who has all power i believe there is nothing unknown to our come at the same time according to his word all things are possible he is the god of impossibilities god will save us and deliver us from this pandemic discouraging situation one more scripture in exodus 33 
verse 12 and 14, 12 to 14, Exodus 33, NKJV. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you said to me, Bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. So this we all of us we believe. God knows every one of us by name. And we also say according to his word, and it is God who takes care of us. It is God who brought us, and his presence is always there with us. So as we believe in this, God knows everything. We are not hidden from his sight. God is watching over us. Verse 13, now therefore, I pray, that's what Moses says, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know that you and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. What is the answer? Verse 14, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. My presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Let us confess now. God's presence is with us. And he will give us rest. We will not be troubled. We will not be worried. We will not be discouraged. We will not be worried about anything. As long as we trust in him. In his word. The word of God says, ah, my presence is with you. Ah, you are in my sight and I will give you rest. So the Lord replied, I will personally go with you. Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. That's what is promised. So God promised a rest in his servant, to his servant. And how often we overlook this fifth point. In Philippians 4, 6-7, the Bible teaches that resting in the Lord reduces anxiety. Resting in the Lord frees our energy to be more productive for the Lord and takes away unnecessary stress. Again, David is telling us to tell God about our problems and then to sit quietly with the Lord. Wait patiently. That's what the scripture says. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's what even the previous point of the passage said. It is not only praying and running away. Wait patiently for the Lord to answer you. And that's what he says, sit quietly with God. That is the point all of us, most of us are missing. Upon the Lord. So let us learn the lesson of the face. God gave us two ears and one mouth. We should listen twice as much as we talk. And this is especially true in our relationship with our God. 
if you wanted to have a higher level of relationship with god we speak less and hear more we speak once and hear more and ours is mostly our experiences we not only speak twice maybe 20 times we speak but we hear very less maybe once so that makes us weak that keeps us worried that leads us to uh, not contentment have contentment in our life not satisfying in our life so as i said most of us including me could not listen god more and here we are expected as the psalmist says king david he reminds us saying don't fret don't worry <coughs> there is no reason why a child of god should never or ever be consumed with worry to worry is the doubt god <coughs> would you like to proclaim your freedom from worry today pray today for the proclamation of our faith so out of five i mention one thing don't worry that you should not do that rather what else you can do there are four things we can do trust in the lord delight in the lord commit your ways to the lord and rest in the lord but you cannot do all these four things without the first what is the first do not worry don't fret don't envy so don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong or prosper in living in peace and i'm going to conclude i'm going to give you five scriptures number 1 let us believe in this day just keep all your situation whatever the situation it is it is it of your own of your family of your nation or of the world everyone is i am sure i believe everyone is having the burden of the present situation in this situation what is the word comes god what god wants us to know and ashur says number 1 god sees us genesis chapter 16 verse 13 god sees us whatever you are wherever you are what is that word it is about error she gave this name to the lord who spoke to her you are the god who sees me you are the god who sees me for i she said i have now seen the one who sees me this is what god confirms us we know that we claim he is the god of abraham isaac and jacob even he is the same god of agar and he is our god who says and who said god sees us secondly god hears us god hears us 
Jonah chapter 2 verse 2. What it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Where? From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. And you listened to my cry. Jonah said, So let us believe. And confirms this word and claim this word. God hears us. Wherever you are, whatever the situation, let us know and believe God hears us. Thirdly, in this pandemic situation, let us also believe God is with us. God is with us. Psalm 23 verse 4. Sami says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Can you say that? You are with me. God is with us. So what is the what is the what is the condition of him? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Fourthly, God is for us. He is not only sees us, He not only hears us, He not only with us, He is also for us. Lamentation 3.33 It is easy to remember. 3.33 What the Bible says, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. What else you want it? It is not God's will. It is not he willingly bring the affliction or a grief to anyone else. That means when God says that, God is for us. God is for us. Fifthly, God knows our suffering. God knows our suffering. Exodus 2.25 It is not only for us, my dear brothers and sisters. And when God is for us means not only individually or personally and also for us means for our family and also for our nation. Exodus 2.25 God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. God was very much concerned about Israel when he looked on them because they are his people. He is chosen people. So God is looking and they are concerned about them. That means God knows our sufferings. Whatever we are going through, God knows our suffering. You can name them. It may differ person to person. Finally, as a conclusion, when I say this, God is yes, 
Allah sees us, God hears us, God is with us, and God is for us, and God knows our sufferings. Finally, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Those who believe say, Amen to that. Amen. 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 Romans 8, 39, what Paul says, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you know how we will be separated. And it is for the children of God, those who accepted and who know and have God, Jesus Christ in their life. So that is why they only can see nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will, ab will be able to separate us. So this is the word of God for us today and in this situation. May God bless you. God will take care of you. Amen. Amen. Amen.